0: and rohan will answer muster the Rohirrim. all right kids here we go next seminar up august 11th through the 13th then october 13th through the 15th then december 8th through the 10th to round out 2023 we scheduled a couple new workshops for personal trainers this course is designed to uh, introduce fitness instructors and personal trainers to the wonderful world of barbells, the starting strength methodology, the principles. Participants will coach each other on the deadlift. You'll be able to earn CEUs for this. And there is a discount for folks with an active certification. You can check out the links for more details on that. Next one up, September 23rd in Katy, Texas, and starting strength Katy. Rip's coming down for that one. And then October 21st in Long Island. Rip is not going to that one. That'll be Ina and Chris. Then a couple self-sufficient lifter camps on the list, September 16th in Wichita Falls, and September 23rd in Omaha, Nebraska, Testify Strength and Conditioning. Then we have a squat camp going on in Queens, New York. That's October 7th. A couple upper body camps covering the press and bench press. September 2nd, Indianapolis at Starring Strength Indianapolis, and September 23rd on Long Island. And then two squat and deadlift camps on the list, August 12th in Greenville, South Carolina at Blockhaven, and August 26th in Tampa, Florida, at Starting Strength Tampa. And finally, three lift camps with spots still available. Couple going on July 29th and July 30th in Vancouver, Canada. And then not posted yet, but keep an eye out for the next one in the UK, which will likely be Glasgow, Scotland. Speaking of Starting Strength gyms, just want to give everybody a reminder, our top 10 metro areas that we're looking to put new gyms. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Raleigh, Durham, Las Vegas, Louisville, Kentucky, Charlotte, Kansas City, Missouri, Jacksonville, Florida, Phoenix, Philadelphia, And finally, Arlington, Virginia. If you have any interest or know anyone with any interest, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and click on the Own a Gym tab to find out more information. And as usual, for more information on anything else that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage.
1: From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful, Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It is time once again for us to make you smarter than you are now and uh what we're going to do this week we're going to forego our normal entertaining section of comments from the haters and get right to the right to the point we are uh, we're shooting this three or four days after a horrible accident took place in indonesia where a, a a kid uh got killed uh while performing a squat now this just doesn't happen okay of all of the hundreds of millions of repetitions of barbell exercises performed every year across the world the incidents of people getting killed while while performing these movements is statistically it doesn't even rise to the level of insignificance it, it just doesn't happen now if you dig real real hard you can find a, a report of a woman who got killed under a smith machine squat uh, this kid uh, that, that has been this video has been making the rounds and I didn't even want to watch it because I don't like to watch people get killed but since we're going to talk about it, I had to look at it several times and get clear in my mind what happened. Um, This particular situation was uh, the result of three or four compound fuck-ups. And uh, it was a loading mistake. You don't go for a 1RM PR in the gym without adequate spotting. You just don't do it because if you do, you're going to get hurt. I mean, the chances are you'll get hurt. Chances that you'll get killed are astronomically low, but in this particular situation, that's what happened. There weren't enough spotters. The spotters that were there were inadequate for the situation. Kid gets trapped in the bottom of a squat. He's got it in the high bar position. He basically sits down. He loses his back angle horizontal. The bar translates forward onto his neck. And basically he sustained a hangman's fracture at probably C4, C3. Somewhere there. Now, this didn't have to occur. We're all sorry for his family. We're sorry for it. We're sorry for the for the the effect this has on people who are watching this that suddenly are of the opinion that squats are dangerous. Squats are not dangerous. Fucking up is dangerous. Fucking up is always dangerous. Fucking up is dangerous when you go home from work. Fucking up is always dangerous, and that's what this was. And I'm sorry to have to say this, but you guys look at the video and you tell me if you arrived at a different conclusion because this didn't have to take place. So what we thought we would talk about today is safety as it concerns the major barbell exercises. And... Uh, You know, this is, we cover this in the book, um, in that when you do the exercises correctly, they are safe and we teach you how to do the exercises correctly. But today we're just going to emphasize the things that you need to know That will help you understand that if you do these things right, they're not dangerous. They have to be done correctly. All right, so we might as well go ahead and start. We're going to do all the exercises. We're going to go ahead and start with the squat. Now, the squat and the press and the bench press and to a certain extent the clean all have something in common. In that, at the final position, and in in certain cases in the initial position, you are trapped under the bar. You're under the bar on a squat when you take it out of the rack, and you're under the bar until you re-rack the bar. Certainly, that's the case on the bench. Bench rest is by far the most dangerous exercise in the gym. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, the press, you're under the bar. Now, the press is easy to get away from. You just push it away from you, and it hits the floor. Makes a bunch of noise, tears things up, but it's not particularly dangerous. The deadlift, obviously, is you're not trapped under the bar. You just let go of the deadlift, and it falls to the ground. When you rack a clean on your shoulders... After you rack the clean on your shoulders, you are under the bar. Now, once again, with a clean, just like on the press, you can get away from it pretty easily. So the squat really is the only one where you are actually trapped under the bar. Yet, astonishingly enough, the squat is not responsible for a whole bunch of injuries. All right, now, I have... I have uh, hurt myself in the gym about as as many ways as you can hurt yourself in the gym. And I've never had a catastrophic injury in the gym. When I've hurt myself real bad, it's been on a motorcycle or in a wreck of some sort with a horse or something like that. Uh I just recently a couple of years ago tore my knee up real bad. But it was not at the gym was out at my house and just accidents happen. Accidents are going to happen. We can't make life safe. And, uh, but we can make it safer if we just keep some important things in mind. Now for the squat, the most important thing that you can do for the squat is to load the bar with the correct amount of weight. Okay. when you go try a one RM in the gym? Uh, you are asking yourself a question, can I do this? And you don't really know the answer to it until you try it. Now, a one RM is not necessarily unsafe if you've selected the weight correctly. If you're going to go up to a one rm and you're going to do five pound pr on a squat and you know your previous pr was not a limit rep or even if it was a limit rep and you've trained and you're stronger now a reasonable one rm is not particularly dangerous i mean we've all done them and here we are talking about it right but if you go up do something stupid like increase uh, try 20 kilo pr over something you've previously done that could be a dangerous deal could very easily be a dangerous deal okay now um I, i i think that the primary problem with doing heavy squats like that is the fact that one rm weight is heavy enough to produce a technique abnormality somewhere in the kinetic chain. Your knee gets in the wrong place. Your hips get in the wrong place. Back's at the wrong angle. Something is wrong with it. You carry it down, and you can't get back up. In a situation like that, you had damn sure better have some spotters <clears throat> okay let's say you're in a rack everybody likes to think that being in a rack's a real good idea you get in a rack and you got your safety set and the safeties are set in a position that would put the pins just under the height of the bar when you are at a below parallel position inside the rack. Okay. So that if you, you know, get down to the bottom and you can't get back up with it, then you can set it down on the pins. That's, that's fine. I mean, it happens all the time. Right. But, what else happens all the time is if you get a little bit sideways and get your hand between the bar and the pins well now you got surgery now you got hand surgery and and that happens too right so I, I guess what I want to say is the most important thing you can do uh, to be safe under a squat is to, is to make damn sure that you've got spotters that can get it off of you. And, and don't plan on having the spotters take it. Handle a weight you can squat. This is the difference between training – and fucking around in the gym,
2: which is what this, which is when people get seriously injured. This is typically what's going on. This is what happened with this kid. He's obviously not conditioned to handle a weight like that. No, he was um, in a <clears throat> when
1: you're completely ass when you're over training, over his head.
2: Yeah, when you're training productively, you know, you you're, you're, you're you can handle the weight better. You're probably not going to pick something stupid
1: when you're training productively. Your your training log will tell you what you can squat. That's exactly right. Yeah. We'll tell you what you can squat and if your training log is not telling you you can squat that don't load it yep don't do that if even if you don't get killed which you're not going to get killed but and you get hurt well think what an injury does to your training sets you back six months doesn't it you don't want that that's not what we're trying to do we're not trying this is look your training should not be a dick measuring contest okay you, you need to stay within your capacity, which means that you need to know what your capacity is. And you need to know you have to have had enough experience to know how you behave in one R.M. situations now i think what you just our said is training
3: really, i think what you said is really important though is having the experience there's a lot of people that get into the gym and in two or three months they're like i wonder how much i can do i wonder
1: how much i can squat you're not ready to ask that question they don't have the data to, to, you, to support you're not ready to ask that question you don't know what the hell to do mm-hmm. if it gets real 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 hard because you haven't been there yet yep and you don't know how to navigate that level of difficulty now our training at starting strength we do not use one rm squats we don't use one rm anything in training that's not what we do because one rm doesn't make you stronger one rm tests strength it doesn't build strength now some advanced programs might call for singles across but that's not the same thing as a one rm Anything you can do for t- five singles across, five heavy singles across, not one of them is a 1RM. And that's way down the road from novice, okay? 1RMs are best done at contests, at competitions. Best done at powerlifting meets, Olympic-lifting meets, not not especially, but, or strength lifting meets, you, you don't need to do a one RM bench press in the gym. What does it tell you that you don't already know whether I can do it or not? You ought to know whether you can do it before you take it out of the rack. You know, if you've trained and you've prepared for a one RM, just go do it at a meet where they're set up for a spotter and where the effort will actually count for something. Nobody in your gym gives a shit whether you can do 341. Nobody cares. It's not particularly impressive. And even if it was, six guys saw it. It's irrelevant. But if you drop it out of your hands and it hits you in the chest, it can kill you. And that happens seven, eight, ten times a year. That very thing happens. Doesn't happen with the squat, but it happens on the bench. So safety in the squat. Let's get back to what we had said we're going to talk about. If you are going to do uh, something heavy and you're doing this in the garage and you don't have any spotters, you have to do it inside the rack. You have to set the pins you have to set the pins in the correct position so that if you'd stuck on the on, in bottom, then you don't have very far back down to go to set the pins on, set the bar on the pins. You can set the bar on the pins by just dropping an inch below where you had the bottom set for the, for the set of five. That's manageable. But if you've got the pin set in the wrong place, you might as well not have them at all. If you've got the pin set six inches below where the bar will be at the bottom of the squat, how are you going to drop the bar on the, on the, on the pin six inches below there? Your range of motion will not allow you to drop down another six inches. And if you do, you've hurt something in your knees. All right, so you you have to spend some time thinking about this. The rack's got to be adjustable enough to where you can dial the thing in and set the pin heights at a place that's just a little bit below the bottom of the bar at the bottom of the range of motion of the squat. If you touch the pins with the bar every time you do a set, you're going to, that's, that is real bad because what will always happen is, is one side is going to touch first. The bar is not going to be perfectly level. And now you're bouncing in a direction off of the pins. Bad idea. So you've got to actually dial this in on the way up from your warm up sets. You've got to verify that your pins are in the right place. And if you've got a rack that's not sufficiently adjustable, in other words, the holes are not close enough together to allow you to correctly dial in the pin setting height in the rack, then that's not, that's not going to be good. If you've got some weird-ass rack with four-inch centers on the holes, that's not, that's not good enough. If you have something like that, you're gonna to have to shim the floor of the rack. Just if adjust. you got
2: four-inch centers, just drill more. Drill more holes.
1: <laughs> if you got four-inch centers, just double the hole. Yeah, just drill another. You're gonna have to take the rack to a shop and get the guy to drill the holes <laughs> yeah. for you. Improperly set uh,
2: pins are almost, in some cases, in some ways, worse than not having pins at all, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Because you you can get stuck under improperly set pins, especially it happens on the bench press too. So uh, make sure they're set right if you're going to use the pins, uh, because having them set wrong will either mess up the reps, like rep, like you just described, Mm -hmm. or um, you know if you're expecting a pin to be there and and you're failing a rep and it's not there. That's a problem because you know, you're eventually gonna now hit your pin.
1: You've got an overloaded yeah. edge of a range of motion exactly. and you're gonna get hurt. Right. That's exactly right. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I there are there are I have seen and it had happened to me several times where uh an incorrectly set pin actually causes you to miss a rep that you sure. would have gotten. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. It happens all the time.
2: And, and and a thing that people ask all the time that you should absolutely not do is do not practice failing a rep. Do no. not practice dumping the bar. No. It's no, the, no, the the, don't do the, that. the when
1: you start doing that, you suddenly okay. begin to give yourself permission exactly. to do to miss. Exactly right. Don't practice dumping the bar off of your back in the squat. Right. Because everybody that does that will dump the bar. You, you when it gets a, yeah. that will never learn to grind through right. Rep number five.
2: It's, it's the CrossFitter syndrome yes. because they all learn to dump the bar.
1: All um, learn to dump the bar because it looks so cool. Sure, man.
2: Know. Sure, the Olympic lifters do it right.
3: Um, My favorite is when they dump the bar after getting the rep. That's
2: what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it looks cool. When <laughs> God that damn,
3: And then uh, they
1: swagger away. Yeah, yeah. yeah just dump it. it looks dump cool. It. Oh, I'm yeah. a bad motherfucker. I just dump. <laughs> um, I just dumped six oh five. The
2: the <laughs> dump two twenty five. The safeties yeah. in your rack. The safeties in your rack are a seatbelt. You would rather not have to ever test the seatbelt, mm. so don't right. don't do it. Don't fail reps in training; they're a, a last ditch effort to not f- fuck yourself up or or mess up, really to mess not mess up your equipment because you don't want right. to dump the bar on the on the floor. No,
1: you don't want to dump the bar. Dumping the bar bends the bar. Right. Now you got to buy a new bar. Yep. You know, don't don't dump the bar. So spotters are spotters are best for a
2: lot of reasons. Yep.
1: Spotters, and, and, if you are really going to train, honestly going to be training and do training productively, then you will arrange your training so that there are people there to spot. Yep. There's a psychological you will spot effect. Them, they will spot you properly. Yeah. trained spotters. You,
2: there's yeah. a psychological effect. If you got two people here that are counting on you not fucking up, essentially, you you will give more effort than if you have. A, if if in the past you've allowed yourself to set the bar on the pins, you know you got two people here. Uh, you, you know there, there's a thing in all of us that doesn't want to fail in front of other people, especially when you pull them away from their workout to come fucking spot your silly ass. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, and, and also they're proactive, right? So mm-hmm. again, the 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 the, the uh, pins in the rack are the seatbelt. The um it, the, the shit has already gone bad if you're putting it on the pins, and not that things haven't gone bad if the spotters have to take it, but they take it earlier, right? You're mm-hmm. you're starting to fail.
1: They take it earlier before you can get injured. Exactly yeah. right. That's exactly. And that's what they're for. Now, what what spotters must not do is take the bar inappropriately. They don't take it during the middle of a a grindy rip just because they think it's gotten too slow. If it's going up, spotters don't touch it. If it's going up, the spotters do not touch the bar. But the spotters have to be good enough to recognize when the bar stops going up and starts going back down, Coordinate with each other. The spotters look at each other and then they take it together at the same time. Now, there will always be a little bit of asymmetry when spotters take either end of a barbell because it's impossible for two people to coordinate exactly the same amount of force they're going to apply to each side of this bar. Now, this is not a big deal particularly on a squat. All right. But I have seen at power meets, I've seen spotters on either side of the bar. Just one side go up and the other side go down mm-hmm. while the other guy was taking. That is we'll talk about that in a minute here on the on the bench press discussion. But But the the spotters have got to be where they can see each other. In other words, the the spotters have got to be behind the lifter so that the plates are not obstructing their view of the other spotter. You have to be able to see each other so you can coordinate taking the bar off the guy. it, It needs to be as symmetrical as possible. It needs to be done at the right time. If you're coming up, you're grinding, the bar's moving slowly on the way up. Spotters, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Let it go. Because he might get it. And if he's grinding through a PR and it's moving up and he knows it's moving up and he's still driving it up and you ruin his pr by taking the bar off of him he's liable to slap you
2: (laughs) or worse yeah
1: or worse when he gets out from under the bar because you just fucked up his pr because you didn't have the patience to wait on it so the spotters are very important spotters have to know what the hell they're doing they have to have done this before.
2: Yeah, experience. And you you just know. even just a little bit. Um, if it's a truly heavy rep that you're worried about, you don't want somebody who you just no. explained how to spot the first time. No, you don't so want inexperienced. That, that's both. a logistical problem, right? So uh, an, another reason to just train correctly and, and call your weights correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other logistical problem is we keep referring to spotters multiple. Right. The squat is Properly spotted by two people, not one person. Not one person. Standing behind. Not
1: one person. One person standing behind you with a weight that is heavy for you to squat. One person standing behind you is not a spotter. Right. He is merely an observer. That's all and he is. And a potential
2: is. participant in the wreck. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, he that's, he that's, might
1: get hit in the thighs with the or, or if he you may dump be, it.
2: Or he may be the reason that you fuck up. Or he may be now. the
1: reason that you're about to miss the, the rip. Right. Nobody can grab
3: 450 pounds like this and help you. No. Lift it up. can cannot, do cannot be done. Cannot be done. Can't
1: be done. Spotters are on either end of the bar. That way the spotter is responsible for, each spotter is responsible for half of the weight. And they can squat it up from there. Yes. Yep. So they've got to be big enough to be able to handle that, that amount of weight. Sure. So th- th- this is. I know that you know a lot of you guys know this. This is just common sense stuff, but my God, people get killed because they don't pay attention to this common sense. But that's the thing.
3: I don't think a lot deal. of people do know this. It may be that they, I don't think they I, do. You know,
1: it I don't. Maybe you're just hearing this for the first time. But if you are standing behind your training partner, pretending to spot him, you got to understand you're not spotting anybody. You're not capable of positively affecting the outcome of a missed rep if you're standing there by yourself behind the guy that's not that's not possible no you can't curl 450 right you know you, you can't do it and you know if he's one of these guys that likes to dump the bar guess who's going to get hit across the knees mm-hmm. with the barbell mm-hmm. yep yeah.
3: A heavy barbell.
1: Very heavy bar. Hits you right across the top of the knees. You are fucking up. Don't fuck up. Number one rule of barbell training. Don't fuck up. (laughs) When the bar is heavy. Don't fuck up. Plan. Plan. Make the thing safe. It's easy enough to do. We do it all of the time. Right. Right. Yep. You. It's and the vast majority of it has to do with you picking the right weight to try. All right, and it's look. Don't do one RMs in the gym. I mean, if you read our books, we don't we don't use one RMs in training. One RMs measure the effects of training. They don't produce a training effect all right and measuring the effects of training is for a competition venue if you're serious about this enough to sign up to a meet go to the meet then the risk is acceptable
2: you'll have generally properly trained uh spot pretty
1: much you'll have properly trained spotter. i've been to meets where they didn't yeah well if it's one of our meets and if it's one of our meets the people spotting you know what the hell they're doing yeah. right right but uh, I've seen, I've gone. I've too. seen powerlifting meets that had mm-hmm. high school kids. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. skinny, spotting, tiny, skinny, tiny high school kids. We were at the. Uh, They're just basically warm bodies. Mm-hmm. They're not really spotters.
2: What would it have been uh, six years ago in Colleen, uh, the IPF Worlds? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Those yes. were those. That's were four- the meat I'm talking. Fourteen
2: year old kids. I was there. Fourteen year old kids spotting these. That's that's lots. the
1: meat I'm talking yeah. about. Guy got hurt, didn't?
2: He? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's the meat director's fault right that's the meat director's fault now you know i I, you get to the meat and you see 14 year old skinny kids out there spotting the 275s yep you know i i'd have a hard time lifting in that weight class yeah this this the meat director doesn't know what he's doing yep or he didn't care. One of the one of the two. Yeah. He's either stupid. He's got a meet to run.
2: Hey, <laughs> I got I, I got a meet. To I, run. I saw I'm not the, worried. It's all ahead.
1: Spotty. All ahead. What do you mean it's all it's you? The had? most important thing I've ever done. In other <laughs> words, in other words, you didn't make enough phone calls <laughs> this three weeks legacy. ago. <laughs> you didn't make enough phone calls three weeks ago. So these guys mm-hmm. are having to deal with fourteen-year-old kids spotting them in the right. two seventy-five weight class. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's it was it, it was wonderful.
2: probably a deal where he just called the, the football coach that he knew. Yeah. He was like, hey, could you get your kids up here? That's to exactly spot what them? It I need, I need some help.
1: That is exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's probably. Good. But it's just you know that kind of thing. Just so, but it, it, we're you talking know, about it, you in your training. You are responsible for this, you know, right? and for
3: for the coaches that are out there. You need to make training your clients how to spot correctly a part of it all.
1: Yes, um, when a lifter is learning how to lift the bar, mm-hmm. when a lifter is learning how to lift weights in the gym, they are also learning how to spot other people doing the same thing I have it's part of the education process
3: I have all my kids learning how to spot correctly and when not to take the bar and when to take the bar
1: that's exactly how it should be done you as you are it is incumbent upon you as a novice lifter to also learn how to spot other people in the gym because that's just what we do in the gym we spot each other yep that's what we're for um, in their training together. My kid, uh, Wyatt, you know, I train in the mornings, and he spots
3: me on bench. If anybody ever needs a spot on bench, get Wyatt. He is an expert. He knows. He knows. He Good. knows how to properly hand off. Good. He knows when to grab it. And he, most importantly, he knows when not to grab it. Right. He refuses that's to the, grab it. That's the critical deal. He does not panic.
1: That's the critical deal, especially for the bench.
3: Yeah. And, I, you know, he's, he's a 16-year-old kid, and I've been benching 335, and – he will not grab that bar until he until he
1: sees it goes down. Um, that's that's good. discipline. Good for him. Well, you've taught him what he needs to know. What else about the squat? We covered everything we need to talk about on the squat. Yeah, I think that's uh... safety. Of course, equipment has to be good. Sure. You know, we don't need to be talking about you know you squatting in running shoes. You know better than that. Uh, don't squat in a velcro belt. The goddamn things come unloose come on velcroed Mm -hmm. just exactly at the wrong time (laughs) when it's needed the most (laughs) right uh you know make sure your collars actually work on the bar yeah i've seen collars fail collars do fail if you've got and and you can you can deal with shitty collars by using two of them yep on each end you know two spring collars two spring collars works all right that's all you've got but if all you've got is two spring collars you need to buy some collars (laughs) the gym doesn't have anything but spring collars you need to buy some collars put them in your gym bag and use your own collars because after all it is your ass not theirs right uh make sure the plates are you know relatively accurate so that you don't have one side loaded 10 pounds heavier accidentally than you do the other side. Be careful with your loadings. Don't make loading errors. Oh, what else? Wear a cotton t-shirt for God's sakes when you squat. Because that works better with the bar. You know, use chalk. You know, chalk your back if it's an issue. Chalk your hands. All the other stuff you already know, right? But most importantly, don't do not do something stupid. Don't load a 40-pound PR and just say to yourself, well, I think I can do it. Don't do that. If something happens bad, it's your fault, okay? Yep. Now, let's get the bench press over with, shall we? The bench press is the most dangerous exercise in the gym. Eight to ten people every year get killed in the gym doing the bench press. Sometimes happens in meets. Okay, bar falls on the chest, and uh, the you know massive internal bleeding, and you'll be dead. You'll it happens all the time. It's the only exercise in the gym. The only exercise we use under the bar that is legitimately a dangerous thing to do. Okay. A thing
2: that a thing that makes it more dangerous, also at least at least uh, in my mind, is that it's the lift that everybody's the most familiar and comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of uh, of, of uh, carelessness because yes. you're so you've done it. You know, out of, guys show up benching 225 and squatting <laughs> squatting 100 pounds like that happens all right. the time, right? So Yeah, it
1: happens all the time. People are familiar with it. People think it's okay. People right. don't respect it. People exactly. think it's just a it's a gym bro deal, you know. Yep. Everybody benches. All right. First thing that needs to be said is do not train with anyone who uses a thumbless grip on the bench press. Yep. I do not allow it in the gym. I do not allow thumbless grips in the gym.
3: It's called suicide grip for a reason. It's a
1: suicide grip, and we're not going to have it. Not going to have it in my gym. I don't care if that's the way you've been training for 15 years. You can't train like that here. You have to go somewhere else and bench with a thumbless grip. Everybody has a thumb around the bar. Now that's just the most elementary thing that there is, okay? Now, spotters on the bench press are, this is a different situation than spotters on squat, all right? Spotters on the bench press, if you've got a spotter on either end of the bar, they're gonna hurt your shoulder. If they have to take the bar, you get stuck at the bottom of a bench, one side and the other side right one guy is going to pull up on one side more than the other guy is going to pull up which means that one side suddenly got heavier than the other side now what does that do to your shoulders well, where an injury didn't exist before now there can be an injury All right, so we use a center spot when we bench press. All right, and we also bench inside the rack with pins set about an inch below where your chest is in the set position under the bar. So that if you get stuck in the bottom, you just exhale, and the bar drops down and sets on the pins. all you have to do you have to set the pins correctly in a situation like this this is this is an even more more critical position to have rack pin holes the, the the perforations in the rack for the safety pins to be close enough together where you can dial in the correct height because if you've got a rack with three inch centers on the holes, you are probably going to end up having to shim the bench in order to get exactly the right height, because you don't want this thing to be so far below your chest that you've got to wiggle around and relax a whole, a whole bunch of stuff to get it back down onto the pins. That's not productive. That'll get you hurt too. So you've got to get the pins in the right place. And you may end up having to shim the bench itself in order to do that. All right. But the center spot is the key to the bench. And when, when the, when the spotter, when, when you go to bench and you're handling your work set, weight, the spotter is going to hand you the bar out of the hooks, then he's going to step away. He's not going to leave. He's just going to back out of your sight picture so that you can see the root, the ceiling inside the gym, so you can correctly execute the bench press. At the last rep, he steps in, he takes the bar, and he makes sure that the bar gets all the way back into the hooks that you took it out of. Okay? That's the function of the spotter in the bench. Now, let's say you get down on the fifth rep and it gets real heavy, right? He's going to help you enough to get the bar off of your chest if you get stuck. Now, he doesn't have to be able to upright row 315, does he? Because you just did four reps. All he's got to do is take 20 or 30 pounds off, so that you can help get the bar back up off let's, of the chest, let's clarif- back into the rack.
3: Let's clarify this. It's not a forced rep he's doing. He's not making you. No. He's helping you.
1: Get no, it up all the way. He's spotting you. Yeah. A forced rep is where you intentionally do a rep that you know that you can't do. That you know that the spotter has to help you with. Like for a sixth rep. That'd be what's called a forced rep. When you get failure and you decide to do another rep after you've reached failure, that's a forced rep. We do not use forced reps in starting strength. That is the. It's not that they're dangerous. It's that you will overtrain, you will hurt something, and you will inflame connective tissue, and you will fuck stuff up doing forced reps. Don't do forced reps. Okay. We don't use them in this method at all, all right? But a center spot on a bench press is really all you should need, but you still have the safeties set because every once in a great while the bar will fall out of your hands even if you've got the thumbs around it. And if the bar falls and the pins are not set to protect your throat, You are guillotined, right? It happens. It happens. Sometimes, and if you've been training long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes your wrists will twitch when you don't want them to. I had that happen to me one time doing an incline with 275. And, you know, you can't, this is an inclined bench. There's no safeties it's not in the rack there's no pins and if that happens the spotter cannot catch the bar in the air he can't react that fast no spot this is very important for you to understand no spotter can react quickly enough to catch a dropped bar that does not occur it cannot happen Human reflexes are not that fast, and even if they were, the spotter would be tasked with catching, what, 315 as it's falling down and keeping it from hitting you? He can't do it. You can't do that. That's stupid. So you need the pins set to correct place for the exercise right when i dropped that bar on myself i broke my sternum i fractured my sternum it was not a displaced fracture but i cracked my sternum when i did that that was about eight week process to heal that up bounced off my chest and i actually caught it mm. i caught it on the first minute how i did that i don't know You know when i caught it the spotter took it put it back in the hooks for me but that happens that happens so pins are very 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 important for the bench press you don't need to do inclines anyway it's a stupid ass exercise if you're doing presses and benches you don't need inclines all right inclines are look we don't care about your upper pecs okay your upper pecs are irrelevant and just press and bench Right. Now on on uh on the bench, let's let's revisit where we started here. Two spotters on the bench don't work. Two spotters on the bench do not work. Powerlifting meet directors are not the brightest people in the world. You know? You got you got a guy benching 600. All right. He needs to be doing that in a rack with safeties. I don't see why you can't bench in a rack at a meet with with the pin set. I don't see why you can't. But I really do not think it's a good idea to have a spotter on either side of a bench press because you're going to hurt the guy's shoulder. You know, you get a you get a guy stuck under a bench, and it's you know two percent too heavy it's two percent above his ability and you jerk one side of the bar up and the other side doesn't get jerked up as much now he's got an injury where he wouldn't have had an injury had the center spotter just helped him with the rep or you set it down on the pins
2: i think competition benches i'm looking at, um, at one now they uh they have they started putting them in there. yeah they have uh, good spots yeah they
1: started safe. putting them in. <laughs> well i'm glad for that development because <laughs> that it didn't used to be that way right. yeah okay okay now that's the the bench press pretty much that you know everybody understands the problem with that we've all seen videos and seen videos of a guy Dropped the bar on himself. Right. If you're... Yeah. And you know, he gets up. He didn't feel right. He gets up and he goes home and uh, wakes up dead. Yep. You know? He bled out. He tore a bleeder. Right. With the with the drop bar. Didn't feel it. He felt something was wrong. But he didn't know he was bleeding out. And, and it, you know, it's just that it's a... It, It's just not uh, something you want to fuck around with. It really is not.
2: Yeah, everybody at home probably already is doing this because they, you know, uh, for cost purposes, you probably just have a a bench, a flat bench that you slide into your rack, so that's easy. But if you're in a commercial gym, um, you probably have to use just a standalone uh, bright bench. So um, in those instances, get a spotter, number one. You have to talk to the spotter so that they know what the hell to do, so that they don't take the bar early. Because right. every guy at a commercial gym is going to want to help you with the reps. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the third thing is don't collar the bar because if you mm-hmm. do get stuck, you can dump the plates. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> right? Yeah that that needs to be that needs to be discussed. Uh, collars on the bar. I've been in college weight rooms where the rule is collars.
2: I've been, yeah, there's commercial Mm -hmm. gyms like that. Collars on the bar. I advise people to ignore it. Collars collars on the bar.
1: Well, look, uh, am I more concerned about the floor beside the bench if I have to dump the bar? I get stuck and I don't have a collar. I can drop one side, plates slide off, other side clears itself, and I get to get up and apologize to everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But if I'm trapped because I can't unload the bar like that side to side because they made me put collars on, bad situation.
2: Yeah, yeah, and don't roll bad the bar situation. down your belly.
1: Don't no. do that. Do not. Oh, God damn. That, I, people, do that people do that all the time. keep forgetting people do that. just Don't roll the bar down your belly. That's where your heart is. <laughs> That's where your liver lives. Yeah. Your spleen your pancreas all of your other important guts live down in your belly things that bleed a lot yeah. are in things very very vascular structures are down there in your belly do You want to and make
2: yourself into a human toothpaste too? yeah, you, you know <laughs> you with just rather
1: not be in a position where you have to roll the, if you had to roll the bar down your belly you're standing there by yourself mm-hmm. right yeah. you didn't you didn't make plans once again don't fuck up yeah this isn't that complicated okay don't do a heavy set of bench without a spotter yeah um, if there aren't any spotters, don't bench. Right, right. right. Don't bench today. Bench another day. Mm-hmm. But you cannot make but one bad mistake on the bench press and get to do it again. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, far more serious than the squat, uh, really than any other lift. I mean, this it's is the, the
1: most dangerous lift in the weight room. It's one you got to be careful of. There is absolutely, no
3: doubt about that. The reason why we're hearing about that accident in the squat is because a it was caught on video. B it doesn't happen often.
1: B it's very, very rare. It's very rare. Very the bench, rare. it
3: happens often. We have lots of video evidence of it. And that's why you don't hear about it whenever it does
1: happen anymore. Well, you know, the press doesn't like toxic masculinity yeah, and there's true. just not anything more toxically masculine than weightlifting. Than a big heavy squat. Yeah. Or a big bench press. That's yeah. toxic masculinity and we just it's just nothing good can come of men. Period. Period, you know. I do. Uh, I do want to say, unless it's daughters, <laughs> men make daughters, and that's good. Right.
3: Um, one thing that um, Nick was talking about is talking to your spotter and letting them know what's expected of them. Right. Um, I lift in a gym in where I live on the days I'm not training people at the wfac um, So there's a lot of gym bros in there, and if I'm having one of them spot me. I help them spot me during the during my warm-ups. Right. So they're they're teaching what to do. They're teaching I'm teaching them what to do and they know what to expect whenever I'm actually into my heavy right. work sets. So that that's a tip if you are at a commercial gym and you, these people don't know what they're doing, have them spot you during your warm-ups.
1: Tell them how many reps you're going to exactly. do. Exactly. Tell them to keep their hands away from the bar mm-hmm. unless the following thing occurs. Mm-hmm. All right tell them how hard you expect this to be if this is your third set of five and the first two sets went real well don't get them all excited about hovering over you Mm -hmm. don't let them lurk over the head of your uh, the head of the bench all right because they're going to obstruct your view of the ceiling if they do that have them stand back but be ready Mm mm-hmm but if if you don't anticipate any trouble with the set, don't get them all excited yeah. because if you get spotter excited, he's going to be more he's prone be to fuck excited. something. He wants to so bad. What yeah. I what I love to say
3: is, hey, I'm probably just going to need um, a lift off in a rack. That's it. Right. That's, that's what that's, I love to that's say.
1: That's lift off in a rack. Just stand there. Just stand close. Yeah. And if you're in the middle of the set and he leans over into the way, don't be afraid to say back up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't be afraid to tell him that.
2: Yeah, the, the, the you know, one he thing... he forgot, so... Oh, he, yeah, he will forget. The <laughs> one thing I tell them is, I tell people is, uh, um, you know, all that, I need a liftoff and a rack that's really all, uh, don't touch it unless it's on my chest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Please. Yeah. And they'll be like,
2: oh, got it, got it. And then they still... And they'll still, so, they'll yeah, still, they'll still hover.
1: They want to stay. help. Yeah, they want to help. They want to participate. Yeah. Right. right? So you've got to teach them what to do. Yep. All right. Now, did we leave anything out on the bench? Nope. Good. I think that's pretty much all for the bench. All right, the press. There's really not a lot of, of safety issues on the press. Um, the only risk is you, dropping it on your head, you, which – it's, it's a low
2: a risk pretty difficult to it's do a low risk i haven't ever seen that i haven't either but i have seen people and, and this is what we should probably talk about i have seen people try to try to spot the press mm-hmm.
1: spotting the press it's is a terrible way to fuck everybody up right. in the mm-hmm. whole just, world just get out of the way just, Yeah. you don't spot a press right you don't spot a deadlift we'll talk more about that in a minute yep you don't spot a press you get the weight. you get away from the press right right you're gonna take a press out of the rack you're gonna do a heavy set of five with a press all right you get out of the fourth rep and the fourth reps a limit rep you can't get the fifth one right you know if you want to try it it's gonna go up a little bit but you're gonna miss it and the way you miss a press is you get it out in front of you the distance between the barbell and the shoulder is the critical distance for missing a press If you can, if the fifth, if the fourth rep is close to limit and you can manage to keep the fifth one close to your shoulder to put it in the right groove, you might get the fifth rep. But if you miss it, it's going to come right back down on your shoulders. And then you just walk it back in the rack. Don't drop a press on the floor. Don't drop a press on the floor, you fucking CrossFitter. Don't don't do that. (laughs) Nobody wants to see your histrionic ass drawing attention to yourself by dropping weights on the floor, right? Don't do that. Don't fuck the equipment up like that unless it's your equipment. If you want to drop your own equipment in your own garage, go ahead. But don't do it in the gym don't do it in the gym and really the press is probably one of the safest yeah
2: if you're if you're worried about it because there's, there's some of these guys and gals that get lightheaded and they, they they'll even pass out after the press if you're one of these people just set the safeties you know um, it, it press inside the rack
1: or whatever set the safeties if, if you pass out during a press and it that does happen every once in a usually while
2: usually it's after they've racked it though.
1: yeah it, when they get unloaded then right you know you if you take if you are in the bad habit of taking your valsalva in your mouth, pressure your head up—bad things happen then. Uh, if you if you're taking the bar out of the rack and it's laying against your throat, that'll make you black out. Yep.
2: Looking up too high too is I've learned also. Uh, cranking your neck up. Yeah,
1: looking up is a stupid ass yep. idea. Uh, or, yeah, that's that's uh, that's uh, modern powerlifting. Look up, go up, go up to look up, or some nauseating shit like that. So presses though are are fairly safe. Yeah,
2: and they're light. Nobody's uh, pressing uh, a ton of weight anyway. Nobody
1: so. presses four hundred five <laughs> except Chase. Yeah, and, and he knows how to rack up. And knows he knows how to knows rack, how to the, rack bar. the bar. But right. uh, learning to deal with a blackout is terribly important. If you if you actually go ahead and full black out, you're gonna you're gonna hurt something. You're gonna hurt something. You're gonna land on the rack or something's gonna break your teeth or you're, you're that, gonna wake that's up. A, that's a yeah. that's a horrible. That's wreck.
2: that's the yeah. problem is hitting something on the way down.
1: Right. Hitting yeah. something on the way down right. is is a big, is a big problem. If you feel yourself start to black out, rack the bar. You'll have a little notice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rack the bar. You can always finish the set. The, the remaining two reps in, in a minute after you get your senses back together.
2: Rack the bar and get as low to the floor as you it's, can. Take a, <laughs> take a knee. Take a knee. Take a knee. So that you
1: have less distance to... Right. Rack the bar. Rack the bar, take a knee. <laughs> uh, let's see. Press. That's, the, that's about that's all it. there is on yeah. press. Yeah. Deadlift, uh, there's nothing. I was deadlift, taught... I'll tell you. The I, deadlift. Was taught
2: to, I was taught to spot the deadlift in high school, and we would do it by putting our hand on the low back, like on the belt putting the fist in the chest oh yeah. and we would do four straps yeah. on the deadlift and then we would help spot so you push on the low back and then crank up with the <laughs> oh. with the chest it was awesome
1: oh god <laughs> Oh, <how> stupid <laughs> oh, how stupid. if you noticed that all the power lifting federations have have started standing some poor bastard behind the guy doing a deadlift now
2: yeah it's because they all like to fall that? down and pass out
1: you know why they do that? Because they're looking up. Because they're, they're looking up deadlift. at the ceiling when they deadlift. Well, like, they're also
2: sumo deadlifting, so their foot is effectively that that long.
1: Yeah, they're totally unstable. They're doing sumo deadlifts. Sumos are unstable. People fall back when they do a sumo because they have effectively taken their feet from this long to this long. Right. Now. Exactly. did that? Yeah. See? And that's that's uh, you know it's an artifact of the sumo. Don't sumo, just deadlift. All right? Just do the deadlift. But if you look up the ceiling when you do a deadlift, you're doing a profoundly stupid thing. All right? Your balance reference is the floor. If you look at the floor, you can tell where you are in relation to the floor. Do you ever go out into the garage and pick up a box of car parts? while you're looking up at the ceiling. No, you don't. You know why you don't do that? Because that's stupid. <laughs> you would feel stupid and, doing it. And you it, would that. feel stupid doing it. And you know it's stupid. But somehow, <laughs> but somehow when a you get involves. to the powerlifting meet,
2: <laughs> and, it makes and, total you, and sense. some
1: dumbass is telling you to go up to look up, look up to go up, or some kind of shit like that, and you do it. And <laughs> and when you know it's stupid. Or
2: the, or the really intelligent ones say, the body
1: goes where the eyes <laughs> or the, the, the
3: body follows, the, body the, eyes follows
1: eyes go. the eyes except that that's not true
3: <laughs> and they sound like <laughs> macho man they sound, when
1: they're saying it <laughs> they sound profoundly wise <laughs> sound, the wisdom of the ancients the body follows the eyes No, and then he says brother afterwards bro <laughs> brother maybe they say brother i think it's like brother powerlifters say bro. yeah yeah powerlifters say brother brother, brother. brother. I, i'd say mind your own business I say, leave, I say oh, thank alone. you. I say, yeah, okay. And Thanks. then I just Thanks. do what I was doing before. Right. Thanks, man. That's real helpful advice. Yeah. And then you just look down at the exactly. floor like you ought to be doing yeah. for exactly. the reference point.
2: And then they'll usually come back and say, oh, that was way better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's great. That's my favorite. Look, <laughs> the floor is your balance point, all right? Your eyeballs mm-hmm. on the floor give you proprioceptive feedback as to your position in space, right? Now, think about this think about this if you are looking at the horizon 40 miles over this way you don't have a reference in space do you this is why it's hard to bench press outside there's nothing to look at with your eyes all right but it's easy to deadlift outside because there's the ground and you look at the ground And if you're forward, you immediately know. If you're backward, you immediately know. In fact, you don't have to do anything because your brain already dials all that in because the proprioceptive reference is the floor. Don't look up when you deadlift and tell him to get this man out from behind you. Well, you fall over backwards. Now we got two people involved in the wreck instead of one. How does that make any sense? You're falling backwards with a bar. What's he going to do? Put his hand on there? And what does that do? Well, that's what exactly makes the bar fall into you? That's exactly <laughs> what they
2: do. They stand there with
1: their hand extended
2: like fucking Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> their hand okay. I don't know what the point is. What's the point? Because <laughs> when they fall, they fall. You <laughs> fall, you fall. And then they kind of hug them when they hit the ground. It's <laughs> fucking weird, man. <laughs> I, so I don't
1: weird. understand it. I, you know, I lifted in power meets for <laughs> Hey for, buddy, let me give you a yeah. hug. <laughs> for ten years and there was just me and the bar on the deadlift. You Did know, that hurt your feelings? <laughs> somehow this just became a good idea and I don't really understand how it got to be a good idea.
2: Yeah. Well these but are the people that made lifters wear masks on the, the, yeah. on the platform but yeah, when they're yeah. up there by themselves. God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's just you know, <laughs> at some point you just have to say no people are not willing to say no often enough now you know all right that's the deadlift uh you're you're not trapped under the deadlift yeah no spot it's not a spotting right. situation if you can't pull it you set it down right all right yep just set it down you don't practice setting it down early you don't need to practice it you already know how to set it down practice finishing the pull <laughs> <laughs> do that way more productive way more productive. <laughs> Get the white lights that way, right? (laughs) And then the last of our lifts we're going to talk about today is the power clean. Now, when you clean the bar, you're pulling the bar up off of the floor real fast. And then you're going to shift your position from pull to catch. And you catch it on your deltoids. Catch it on your deltoids. Now you're under it. All right. But it being in front of your neck, you can get away from it if you need to. Now, why might you need to get away from a power clean? Same reason as the press. Sometimes you you mash your throat, and the baroreceptors in your throat will react badly to being mashed on, and they start to close down the carotids, and you start to black out. And a blackout Well, they bar on you is a bad idea. If you fall down, when you black out, you're going to hit something on the platform that doesn't want to be hit. You're going to hit your head, if nothing else. Now, a long time ago, uh, plate diameter was discussed, all right, and it was realized by the guys at York a long, long time ago that if you fell down with a barbell, you're going to need to have some room Between the barbell and the edge of the plate, you're going to have enough room for you for your head specifically so that we don't get killed when we, when we occasionally drop a bar. So they made the plate diameter big enough. The plate diameter is 45 centimeters, 17, half inches, whatever it is. And half of that is enough room for your head, right? If you drop a bar. With a blackout or some other kind of an accident, and the bar hits the ground, the plates will keep the barbell away from your throat and your head. That's what they're for, okay? But it's still a bad idea to fall down with a clean. Falling down with a clean is not productive. You're going to hurt something. Something's going to be bruised. Something's going to be cracked. It's going to be a bad idea. So you've got to learn how to rack the bar in a way that you don't black out now this is another version of don't fuck up all right you have to learn how to do this if you're in the habit of slamming your elbows up and your forearms are long enough to jam the bar back into your throat you're going to have to adjust that you have to adjust your grip width or something elbow height something so that when you rack the bar it's not mashing you into a blackout because blackouts are bad all right and other than that that's about the only because you can get away from a clean you just push it away from you
2: there's one other safety consideration for a clean and and snatch uh don't don't have shit around on the floor yeah, where yeah. Now we, you the, can't have a they
1: learned that the hard way at a crossfit meet yeah several years ago they had the Bumper plates stacked up on the back of the platform, proximal to the lifter. Right. Right? So he, he snatches the bar and misses it behind, which happens all the time in a snatch. The, the bar falls, and the plates on the bar hit the two stacks of plates behind him on the platform, and the bar bounces forward into his back it's a bad situation right very bad situation once again that's the meat director's fault but if you see something like that happen in the gym don't snatch
2: well, what what people do with
1: the bar in with the with the plates in that configuration, you have to not fuck up.
2: Yeah, don't fuck up. What people do is they they're changing out small, you know, change plates and stuff. They're leaving bumpers just just in a in a pile, scattered around all over the floor, within within inches of where the, the, yes. the where they're dropping the bar. So you know, I mean, worst case, best case scenario, nothing happens. But you you're going to hit one of those things eventually, and the bar is going to bounce back and hit you in the shins or the or, knees or something or something. So
1: anything laying on the plate platform that's not just the platform is going to make the bar bounce in a direction erratically. yeah right anything so that when you're doing cleans or snatches or anything like that the platform must be devoid of other objects right because if you leave a five pound plate left on the platform will cause the bar to bounce in a direction you don't want it to bounce yep you know just don't be lazy don't leave shit on the platform you can't do that somebody's gonna get hurt right right yep and that's about that's about that, it that's that about it for the for the five lifts uh you know uh i can't think of anything else that that really needs to be discussed you know
2: no and you said this a couple I mean, times but just to reiterate the biggest the biggest factor here is is lift weights that you can actually lift don't let your ego get ahead of you um, you know you, you guys right. that aren't doing the program and just fucking around uh, don't don't mess around with one rep maxes that you can't handle um, and just train and you'll be fine right.
1: train train like it says in the book right your training tells you how strong you are uh, if you're if you're actually keeping good notes and you're training according to our methods, your training log is going to tell you what you can and can't do. If you just, just decide you just have to try a new one RM, right? Your your notes will tell you what's there, pretty much, you know. And if you decide, well, I think I'm going to go up ten pounds from that, you're fucking up. Don't do that. You know, we are lifting heavy weights. We're at the edge of our ability. Anytime you get close to the edge of your ability, danger increases. It gets riskier the closer you get to the edge of your ability. And this this is true for every physical thing you do. If you're operating right at the edge of your ability, it's risky. And if you decide you have to do that, be careful. Don't make stupid mistakes because that's how people get hurt. That's how people get killed in the weight room. Okay? That about cover it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure this will prompt some discussion. You know, we feel sorry about the kid in Indonesia, but that was preventable. You prevent it, okay? Don't let anything like that happen to you because it's just not necessary and people get hurt your relatives are going to feel bad about this the rest of their lives you hurt people besides yourself and it doesn't have to happen it doesn't have to happen just don't fuck up think about what's going on and be careful when you train all right thanks for joining us this week on starting strength radio we'll see you next time